Psalm chapters 80 and 81. Psalm chapter 80, verse 1. To the overseer, that is, the chief musician, on the lilies. This is the name of a tune that this song is to be sung by. A testimony of Asaph. A psalm. There's more than one song in the book of Psalm that is sung to this tune. Asaph was one of the chief directors of the choir and orchestra. This is something that he is testifying to the people, and he wrote it out as a song. Shepherd of Israel, give ear, leading Joseph as a flock, inhabiting the cherubs, shine forth. He's calling the Lord a shepherd, and he calls Israel the Lord's flock. Sheep follow their master or their shepherd, and a shepherd protects the sheep. That's what this is symbolizing. And it says leading Joseph. Joseph was the father of the two favored tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. And it's a colloquialism for all of Israel when you say Joseph, but it's showing that he's leading his favored people. And it says inhabiting the cherubs. Those were the cherubs that were made of pure gold that were on the mercy seat above the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord resided over the Ark of the Covenant. And it says, shine forth. Great light always comes from God. And behind the Holy of Holies, there would have been light there because the Lord was there. And at nighttime, there was a pillar of fire which created light for the Israelites. Two, before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, wake up thy might and come for our salvation. All three of those tribes were from Joseph's family because Benjamin was Joseph's brother and Ephraim and Manasseh were his sons. They are all Rachel's children and Rachel was the favorite wife of Israel and Joseph was the favored son of Israel. 3. O God, cause us to turn back and cause thy face to shine and we are saved. Now you might think, isn't having favorites bad? Yes, generally speaking, it is. But favorites also symbolizes something in the Bible. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, which means he does not have favorites. But some people are his friends and some people aren't. The Lord does have friends. A friend is somebody who obeys the Lord. But favorites in the Bible also symbolize the fact that that the first is last and the last is first. Often those who are last born or those who are the weakest are the ones whom the Lord chooses. And Ephraim and Manasseh were the last born of all of the tribes of Israel. And Benjamin was one of the last born. 3. O God, cause us to turn back and cause thy face to shine and we are saved. When the light of the Lord shines, we receive salvation. For Jehovah, God of hosts, till when thou hast burned against the prayer of thy people. It's saying, when will you stop being angry with us because of our sin? 5. Thou hast caused them to eat bread of tears, and causest them to drink with tears a third time. Where it says a third time, that could also be interpreted as threefold. So he's saying, Lord, you have punished us threefold or three times as much as you could have. And our food and our drink has become our own tears. 
which means that they're fasting and mourning over their sin. 6. Thou makest us a strife to our neighbors, and our enemies mock at it. That means that the pagans are against them and making fun of them. 7. God of hosts, turn us back and cause thy face to shine, and we are saved. He's saying, turn us back to you and shine your light on us and save us. 8. A vine out of Egypt thou dost bring, thou dost cast out nations and plantest it. The Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and he put them in the land of Canaan. So it's talking about the good that he did. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Here it sounds like it's saying Israel is the vine, but remember Jesus comes out of Israel. So the vine did come out of Israel. Also, in the New Testament, Joseph brought Mary and toddler Jesus to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill Jesus when he was about two years old. Jesus spent a few years in Egypt when he was a toddler and a very young child before they moved back to Israel and moved to Nazareth. So in that sense, the Lord also brought a vine out of Egypt because he brought his own son out of Egypt when Jesus was extremely young. So this verse is also a prophecy of the young boy Jesus leaving Egypt and going back home. 9. Thou hast looked before it, and dost root it, and it filleth the land. The Lord took the vine of Israel and planted it so that it could get roots in the land of Canaan, which became the land of Israel. 10. Covered have been hills with its shadow, and its bows are cedars of God. This vine grew into cedars, and cedar represents Jesus Christ. And it says that the vine covered the hills of Israel, which means that the people spread out in the land and conquered the land. 11. It sendeth forth its branch unto the sea and unto the river its sucklings. The Israelites lived all the way from the Mediterranean Sea on the west all the way to the Jordan River on the right. 12. Why hast thou broken down its hedges? and all passing by the way have plucked it. He says to the Lord, Why are you now causing our enemies to attack us? Of course, they know why. It's because of their own sin. But he's trying to remind the Lord that they are a sign of the Lord's greatness and kindness and mercy, and to preserve them for his own name's sake. 13. A boar out of the forest doth waste it, and a wild beast of the fields consumeth it. He is calling the pagan nations wild beasts that would attack this vine. Now, the wild beasts in our life today are the demons. They're trying to lure us into committing sin, and then they want us to lose faith. So they'll try to bring tragedies and disaster our way to cause us to turn our backs on the Lord, which will eventually cause us to sin. Those are the two main ways that enemies attack, and they do it by planting thoughts in your mind and exposing you to things that would lead you astray. So you have to resist and rebuke every time. If I have a evil thought that comes into my head, then I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and I tell Satan to go. We have to be vigilant and we have to fight. We can't be passive in this life. 
and just accept the lies that the enemy says. When the enemy tells you lies like so-and-so hates you, so-and-so is out to get you, you're no good, you need a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you need more money. When we listen to that stuff and believe it, we get destroyed. So when you hear those lies, just rebuke them. 14. God of hosts, turn back, we beseech thee, look from heaven and see and inspect this vine. He's calling the Lord to look at Israel and see if Israel is still sinning. The implication is that Israel has repented, and now they need to be forgiven and helped by the Lord. When you repent, you can ask God to look at you and inspect you, and restore your life. 15. And the root that thy right hand planted, and the branch thou madest strong for thee, The right hand of any man is his son, so the right hand of God is his son. And his son planted Israel in the land of Canaan, and gave it root. 16. Burnt with fire, cut down from the rebuke of thy face, they perish. When you're working in a garden, you prune some of the plants, and then you put them in a slash pile, and you burn them to nourish the soil. He's saying that that's what the Lord has done to Israel. He's cut Israel off in certain places and burned certain things away. Those would be the people who turned their backs on him and worshipped idols. They were destroyed. They were killed by the pagans. And he says, look, you've cut some of us off, but now restore what is left. 17. Let thy hand be on the man of thy right hand. On the Son of Man thou hast strengthened for thyself. In the New Testament, Jesus called himself Son of Man. He is the right hand of God. This is a prophetic verse about Jesus coming to save Israel. 18. And we do not go back from thee. Thou dost revive us, and in thy name we call. He says, If you save us with your right hand, we will stay with you, and we will not turn away from you. That wasn't true. The Lord saved them numerous times, but they always went back to sin every single time. However, when their hearts were in the right place, they didn't believe they were going to go back into sin. Unfortunately, they did. But this is what it should be. They should have stayed with the Lord forever. 19. O Jehovah, God of hosts, turn us back, cause thy face to shine, and we are saved. That is a repeat of an earlier chorus. And that concludes Psalm chapter 80. Psalm chapter 81, verse 1. To the overseer on the gittith. The gittith is a musical instrument. I believe it's a stringed instrument by Asaph. Asaph wrote this, and he was one of the chief people in charge of the choir and orchestra. A cry aloud to God our strength. Shout to the God of Jacob. This is a victory shout, and it shows all the demons that you believe in the Lord and you have faith in him. 2. Lift up a song and give out a timbrel, a pleasant harp with psaltery. It's saying, take your instruments out and play them for the Lord. 3. Blow in the month a trumpet in the new moon at the day of our festival. The Israelites were commanded to have festivals at different points on the calendar where they would celebrate the harvest and celebrate other different things that were happening. All of the feasts symbolized some aspect of Jesus Christ and our salvation. 4. For a statute to Israel it is an ordinance of the God of Jacob. 
This is a celebratory song that you would sing during one of the festivals. And it's saying that this is a statute, meaning that they have to do this every year. It was one of the commandments that God gave the Israelites to practice these festivals, which included having a lot of fun and celebrating with the Lord all that he had done for them. 5. A testimony on Joseph, he hath placed it, in his going forth over the land of Egypt, a lip I have not known, I hear. Joseph was sent to Egypt, and he became second in command to Pharaoh, and he saved all of the Egyptians, many of the surrounding pagans, from starvation in a seven-year famine, and he also saved all of Israel from famine during those seven years. And he went forth over the whole land of Egypt, gathering food during the years of plenty, and then he sold the food to anybody who needed it during the years of famine. It says, The lip I have not known, I hear. And that's a way of saying, The voices of people calling to me who I never knew, I heard and I answered their prayer. That is speaking of the Egyptians, because he didn't know them as a people. They didn't follow him, but in their hunger they cried out for food, and he did give them food during the famine. 6. From the burden of his shoulder I turned aside, his hands from the basket pass over. Hundreds of years later, the Israelites became slaves in Egypt, and then they carried a burden in Egypt long after they had come to live there to get deliverance from the famine. 7. In distress thou hast called, and I deliver. I answer thee in the secret place of thunder. I try thee by the waters of Meribah, Selah. These last two verses are going through a lot of history. In verse 6, it went through hundreds of years of history in Egypt and said that they then became slaves. They were there for 400 years altogether, but they became slaves at the end of that time. And in 7 it says that he drew them out of Egypt with thunder, which is what happened. Thunder was included in one of the plagues of Egypt. And then it says he tried them at the waters of Meribah, and that was where they complained about the bitter water. And he tested their faith to see if they believed him, that he would provide. 8. Hear, O my people, and I testify to thee, O God, if thou dost hearken to me. 9. There is not in thee a strange God, and thou bowest not thyself to a strange God. The Lord is telling the people, Listen to me, and I am going to look at you and see if you are worshipping false idols. 10. I am Jehovah thy God, who bringeth thee up out of the land of Egypt, enlarge thy mouth, and I fill it. This is a beautiful verse to save and remember. Psalm 81, verse 10. It says, I delivered you from bondage and slavery, and now I'm pouring blessings into your life. I'm filling you up with all kinds of bounty and food. It's kind of like, you know, when a baby chick opens its mouth really wide, and then the adult bird stuffs all this food down its throat. That's what God is telling the Israelites. Open your mouth wide, and I am going to stuff it full. This is saying, I've already delivered you. Now I'm going to bless you. In the Bible, Egypt represents sin. When he pulled the Israelites out of Egypt, to you and I in the New Covenant, that represents Jesus 
pulling us out of a sinful lifestyle. And now we can open our mouth wide, spiritually speaking, and he will stuff us with blessings. This means he'll give us his character, he'll give us his faith, he'll give us gifts that we can use to share the gospel, and he'll make our lives a beautiful reflection of him. And ultimately, we will be saved. It isn't enough for him that he pulls us out of sin, but he transforms us on top of that and makes us more like him and makes us part of his ministry, which is really amazing. 11. But my people hearkened not to my voice, and Israel hath not consented to me. He says, I did save Israel, but they wouldn't obey me. They wouldn't follow me. A lot of people will go to the altar and they'll kneel at the altar and ask God to forgive their sins and save them. But then when they're done crying and praying at the altar, they get up and they go back home and they go straight back into sin. That's like what the Israelites did. They said, save me, save me. But then after they were saved, they never followed the Lord. 12. And I send them away in the enmity of their heart. They walk in their own counsels. He says, I dismissed them from my presence because they were enemies toward me, and they were giving themselves bad advice, and I let them listen to their own bad advice. Has he done that to you? He's done that to me before, when I was in sin and I wouldn't repent. He let me take my own advice, which was really bad advice, and my life just got worse. 13. Oh, that my people were hearkening to me. Israel and my ways would walk. He says, if only they would listen to me, then they would walk in my ways. 14. As a little thing, their enemies I caused to bow, and against their adversaries I turned back my hand. The Lord says, if they would follow me, I would subdue their enemies and make their enemies turn back. 15. Those hating Jehovah feign obedience to him, but their time is to the age. He says, apostate people pretend that they obey me, but in the end of the age, their time will come and they will be judged. Some people who go to church are apostate. They're pretending to follow God, but in reality, they follow the races and they follow the money and they follow the women. They follow the career ladder. They don't really follow the Lord. At the end of the age, when they stand before his throne, they will receive judgment. 16. He causeth him to eat of the fat of wheat, and with honey from a rock I satisfy thee. This is ending with a statement that the Lord gave the Israelites plenty of food when they were in the wilderness, and he offers you and I plenty of his spiritual food, which is his word, when we're in this wilderness of our life, where we're constantly being tempted. You know, the Israelites were tempted in the wilderness, but they always gave in to temptation. They complained, they lost the faith, but God brought them miracle after miracle. He made water come out of a rock, and the water symbolizes the everlasting life of Jesus Christ. He made breadcrumbs rain from heaven, and that symbolizes the bread of life of Jesus Christ, which is his word and his commands. He kept them healthy. He never let their feet swell all the forty years of walking. And he gave them light even at nighttime with his pillar of fire, which also represented the fire of Jesus Christ. 
in this wilderness journey of our lives, we are constantly tempted and harassed by the enemy, but we have everything we need in Jesus. He offers us everything, protection, nourishment, all of the gifts, the faith, everything that we need. So all we have to do is follow him. And that concludes Psalm chapter 81.